The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. One cannot understand the present economic woes without connecting it to the Bible which states, Live my commandments and your grain bins will overflow. One cannot understand the present economic woes without connecting it to our fallen morals. If you live God's way, you prosper. He feeds you. He clothes you. You just heard the verse. This is not a prosperity doctrine. That's different. In other words, you're going to give this in order to receive something else. What you give to God is the living of the morals, His principles, the Christian walk, His commandments. And He takes care of you. He'll fill your grain bins. It's not... I give something and I get back something a hundredfold. Yes, you give a cup of water. The Bible says you'll get a hundred, you'll be repaid a hundredfold. But a prosperity doctrine is giving something in return that you're going to expectation of, of prospering back. I'm going to do this so I can get a new car. So sometimes people think, well, there's poor people, but God feeds the poor people. 
they suffer and famine comes as a result of not living commandments. We are often about famine in Africa and places like that. But they have the highest AIDS rate in the world. It's, it's astounding. The rich craft that takes place there. The, the things that go on. The church has many vocations coming out of Africa. But the church also is concerned. The Vatican's concerned about how it's mixed with voodoo and things like that. So these things have an effect. So we have to take it to the bank, not our gold, our silver, our money, but we take to the bank the fact that we have to live God's commandments. We have to bring culture back to the commandments. Because, oh, that's a theocracy. What was the United States and its birthing a theocracy? Was Australia, when it was birthed into a Christian nation, a theocracy? To be based in Christian laws doesn't make it a theocracy. The church, the government is not running religion. And so we're losing. We're losing everything as we know it. We're losing the culture as we've lived it. And it's passing. And it is falling apart. Quote, unquote. And you can take that to the bank. This comes from the author of the book Aftershock and was written in 2010. So it's kind of um, um, sharing some of the things that they're seeing at that point and coming to towards the future. It starts by saying, We are going through a series of popping financial bubbles led by a housing price bubble collapse, not a down financial cycle. Unlike a down cycle, which is naturally followed by an up cycle, a bubble pop isn't followed by an up cycle. It simply pops, and any profit is gone forever. As this is being finalized for printing, we are being bombarded by the news that there are signs that the recession is coming to an end, Headlines from leading financial figures saying bet on America or the recession is almost over are the norm. Of course, the assumption is that this slowdown in decline presages an up cycle. But even if the decline slows down or stops, and even if there is a small increase, the recession is not over for the long term. Saying the recession is over is more like saying mission accomplished before the real Iraq war even began. It's hiding from the underlying problems that have been created by thinking we can cheerlead our way through it. The economy won't bounce back. It is a bubble economy. With the popping of the housing bubble will go the consumer spending bubble, the private credit bubble, and the stock market bubble, and then the dollar bubble, and finally the public debt bubble. It won't all pop at once. It will pop over time, but it won't bounce back not very much at least, before the popping resumes. Once the bubbles start popping, as they have with housing, it's not over until the fat lady sings, and the fat lady is the dollar, and its evil twin, the government debt bubble. More than any time since I was born, the United States is in denial of the truth. We are assuming that by cheerleading we can solve our problems, even during the other eras when cheerleading in the face of reality was very popular, we still had major national figures who were willing to step in and give us a reality check. I don't see it this time, not from any national figure on the left or the right. We are extraordinarily confident in the power of cheerleading to solve our ills, and hence so many of our national figures are simply cheerleading. Yet at the same time, we seem to be so confident we also seem to be scared to death that something terrible is going to happen. 
We say this more by our actions than our words. For example, why is the Fed so worried that it would do something so reckless as to buy over $1 trillion of our Treasury bonds, Fannie Mae bonds, and Freddie Mac bonds with printed money? That's a big number to print in six months. And they have said they will buy even more if necessary to keep mortgage rates low. That means they're willing to double our entire money supply. The size of the money supply is about $1 trillion. Just to keep mortgage rates down a couple of points. Why or what are they so concerned about? We certainly didn't worry about it that much in the last big recession in the early 1980s. In fact, interest rates were allowed to go over 15%. By the way, the Fed is acting, you would think the world would come to an end if rates went to 15%. Why are they so worried now? And they weren't then. Maybe because, unlike what their cheerleading words are saying, they are concerned about a bigger problem. They are concerned that there aren't nearly enough buyers for all that debt, either in the United States or overseas. And that means the possibility of a failed Treasury auction. And they know that in this environment, that could be a big problem. Or maybe they realize that interest rates might pop up much more than a couple of percentage points to as high as 10%. That would be devastating. High interest rates weren't devastating in the early 1980s because we didn't have a housing bubble. Now we have a housing bubble, and high interest rates would absolutely puncture much of what's left of that bubble and put enormous pressure on the other bubbles in the economy private credit, discretionary spending, stock market, dollar, and public debt. Maybe subconsciously, they and others outside the Fed realize that it is a bubble economy, and that is why the Fed and others are trying so hard to cheerlead. And that is why they are so willing to do things like printing massive amounts of money to buy our own government's bonds. Something they would never have considered only a year ago. Because in a bubble economy, cheerleading does help for a while. Because the economic fundamentals are bad, the only thing holding up the bubbles is confidence, and they won't pop. That they won't pop. When that confidence fails, the reality of the bad fundamentals comes blazing through. And again, few people talk about the very real problems of taking such irresponsible actions. As buy our own bonds with printed money. Nah, it's just a smart strategy of quantitative easing. Many say the Fed knows exactly what they're doing and can handle any inflationary problems down the road. Both the right and the left seem to have great confidence in the Fed's abilities to handle such problems. However, I don't think they have confidence so much as they know in the back of their minds that the Fed is in a desperate situation that requires desperate solutions. They simply hope. That they won't cause problems too big to solve. But of course, they will. Same for the huge deficits we are running for stimulus programs. The cheerleaders say, no problem there. Sure, long term we'll have to deal with the problem, but it's nothing we need to worry about now. It's not nearly as important as the need to throw money at the economic problems we have now. Both Republicans and Democrats seem to strongly agree on these points. Both conservatives and liberals seem to think that government has tremendous power to solve economic problems. Yet, that has not been proven in the past. The reality is that the government has two main economic powers the ability to print money and a credit card with a much, much higher limit than you or me. But printing a lot of money really will cause inflation, and their credit card is not limitless. In fact, as we make the case, For a variety of reasons, we may reach the credit limit in just a few short years. The reality is that the government's power to solve economic problems right now is really quite limited, 
And ultimately, when the government acts too recklessly, it actually becomes the source of the biggest economic problem of all, when the government debt bubble pops. Despite all the cheerleading, people seem to know we are in a very dangerous situation. They don't want to talk about it, but they know the danger is there. As one of my friends who works at a major hedge fund in New York said when I was talking about the, the dollar bubble, it's the hydrogen bomb in the middle of the room. It's an eerie time, and I get an eerie feeling reading the news. It's almost as if people know that America really does have a bubble economy and that an aftershock could happen. All the cheerleading, all the lack of concern over the Fed buying treasury bonds, no more talk about the moral hazard of bailing out large financial institutions, and no concern over giving $100 billion to the auto industry when in the last big recession we argued for months over a puny $1 billion loan. It all seems to point to one thing, that many people sort of know what we've been talking about is true. They think that by not talking about it, somehow it will go away, like Bernie Madoff thinking he won't get caught. He fooled investors and the SEC so many times before, he expected he could fool them again. We've gotten away with all these bubbles so far, and it's never caused us much problem until recently. In fact, just the opposite. It's given us one of the best economies we've ever had. So we expect nothing bad will happen. Of course, that plan of action has never worked before, and it won't work now. It's time to talk about it. A lot. We are in for a whale of a ride. Don't let the ride surprise you. As an Eagle Scout, I can say to investors with no greater conviction that you should follow the Scout's motto, Be Prepared. Our ladies should be ready. The signs of the times, my children, look around, look at them. She says, God wants to speak to you through nature, through men, through various other ways. What else do you need? Years ago, in the, or actually three or four years ago, when the economic decline hit, I saw a billboard downtown Birmingham say, recession, question mark? We're not participating. Signed by Karl Marx Real Estate or something like because it's a lie. He lied. They lie. You can't go through the day dealing with business and things that's going on without somebody twisting or tweaking a little bit or being silent about what they should tell you, be it products, the news, politics. We become a cultural lies. And nobody says anything about it. They bring simple truth. So, think about it. They use psychological tricks, like this billboard, to make you borrow money, or to make you buy, or make you purchase. We just heard last night about the super cookies that's in computers, monitoring how you go, what you look at, what you're thinking about, what prompts you to buy. It's a spy inside your own personal information. Is that not a lie? Why are people raising their arms about something like that? What if someone came into your house and went through your personal files, your birth certificates, and things like that, and left? And took that information and used it? Is that thievery? Oh, because of something else, or in another context, we don't see it as the same thing. They're stealing information. 
That's private. You didn't get permission to that. What kind of culture do we live in? A lying culture, a false culture, a culture because it's not based on truth. Our ladies come in to establish truth. One's going to lose, one's going to win. You put your bet who you think you're going to win. Um, and as our lady's children, of course, that's our lady. What happens to the other? It's defeated. It's crushed underneath her feet. You don't look at her that way, but look at the statue. The evil one is crushed underneath her feet. It's in the field here. It's in your church. Look at the statue. The serpent's underneath her feet. She shall crush your head. She'll crush the lie. She'll reverse ease lie. And what she accepted, she reverses that with the first Adam. What Jesus, the second Adam, reversed. And heard the second Eve. So we have now zero interest rates. Is that a lie? It's a lie. What's the purpose of that for? Banks are in the money, or rather in the business to make money. Why do we have, ask yourself, why are they making zero interest rates? Their article just sit there and said, cheerleading. This billboard recession, we're not participating. That's cheerleading. People must not be borrowing money. They must be listening to this show. They must be listening to the Crown Financial. They must be listening to, what's the other fellow's name? Dave Ramsey. Huh? Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. And, and, and a hundred other people. We don't want to say it's just what we're putting out. What we are putting out is a different angle that they're not. And we are saying and going further than what they may be saying. But they're good contributors to changing the culture. Even if they're not based on the messages because they are presenting some truth, some balance to what's taking place. Even if not all what they say is true, because Dave Ramsey says still invest in real estate. I believe investing in real estate, I think it's part of the messages to get you a piece of land, but not to make money off of it, to live by it. Everything's geared in the culture to make money, to make money off of this, to make money off of that, or do this as a good investment. Your best investment is when you can raise your children, they can put a roof over their head, they can feed themselves and get to heaven. That's the supreme investment. You don't need anything else. And you get that by being connected to the commandments and living that. And your grain bins will be full. And you'll eat. And you'll have your hog. And you'll have your prosciutto. You'll have all your hamburger. You'll have whatever you want. Will it be hard times? Yes, because that brings us to our knees. God requires the bird to get out of his nest at 5 a.m. to get the worm. He's got to dig for it. God made the worm. He put it there. He's got to go find it. Man's got to sweat by his brow. Genesis 3.15. By sweat of your brow, you shall eat. But God will prosper him in that. He's not to give and live immorally and say, oh, I'm going to give this to the church and I expect this back from the church a hundredfold. The real prosperity doctrine, not the one that's titled that, is you live the commandments and you be righteous. You live holy for God and he'll live holy for you. W-H-O-L. Not H-O-L. Why? Holy. Fullness. You'll be given all you need in wholeness if you live holy this. And so we have this lie to zero interest rates in some places. So yes, you borrow. They want you to borrow. They don't want you to know the truth that gold is the king's exchange, that silver is the gentleman's, that bartering is the peasant's. 
and debt is the slaves. That's his exchange. And most of the country, most of the world, take their steps by debt. You might have to do something like this to get started, but you run from it as quickly as, and I'm not advocating that. I'm advocating what we used to do. You get married, you live in the basement of your house with your parents. Right there, start cutting your trees and start sawing. Find some plot land, do something. Just think. Don't do nothing and be blame-minded. We've got to start acting. We've got to start thinking. And we've got to really start incorporating into our whole world that underneath your roof is your world. Because when it falls apart, your world falls apart. It's not in Iraq. It's not somewhere else. It's not in Timbuktu. Your whole world is in your roof, underneath your roof with your whole family. That's the world. And if you take care of that and you prosper that world and you make it moral, you live the way God's commandments teaches, then the whole world becomes that way. Because you'll be the luminary light from your neighbors. Oh, I wish my family was like that. I want to imitate that. People are seeking that. They're seeking truth. They're looking for everything. And you're that truth. And everything in your life needs to come to truth. Everybody's got their little stash or trying to at least have some stash their little money, their little investment, their little whatever they've done. And that's the purpose that we made and stamped out the Maracas Medal into a one-ounce silver piece that we call the Maracas Medal Measure Go Around for the purpose of bringing conversion with your little stash. That when that stash is spent for a car or groceries or whatever you have to get to use it for or buying land later when you have the time to really adequately study your area that you want to live in, put your roots down in and release those rounds, they go in the hands of all kinds of people. Those who aren't living the commandments. Those who aren't following God. Those who don't know God. Those who, like in the book, ain't going to happen. Our buddy Clyde, who got the miraculous medal, and you have to read the book to get the rest of the story, that the many, many clouds out there in the future that will convert. Our Lady said that. The miraculous metal does that. Carry it. Pray for the conversion of those who carry that. They don't have to be believers to carry it. They have to have some motivation to carry it. A one-ounce silver piece, round, dispensed through how you exchange it back for cash to go buy what you need to buy, or directly, which is then dispensed to somebody else out on the streets, for some reason, however they got it, and they'll get it because it has worth, everything of worth, people cherish and keep. But they have no connection, no recollection of its recollectual knowledge of why it was made, and they convert. All they said, pray for those who carry it. She upped the ante in 1989 to Maria when she gave this special message. She made the miraculous more powerful. And so we've had this, and then we've got the knowledge that Frank brings to this, the economic side of things, of why people should do this. Frank? Yeah, well, what it means exactly, zero interest rates and quantitative easing and the Fed becoming the biggest purchaser of our debt, is there's nobody else to purchase it. There's nowhere else to go. And you can go back over all the bubbles that Joan just read from the author of, uh, was it a future shock or... Aftershock. Aftershock. Uh, 
fall because that's the only place that's left to go. They can, you know, what is this? They're just blowing these bubbles up bigger than they've ever been in history. And, you know, the only inevitable answer is a collapse in biblical proportions. And when he says the Fed will, you know, double the money supply, that means that your purchasing power just got cut in half. And if you don't, you know, realize that already at the grocery store, that means that there's other tricks and games being played in the paper market. But, but Frank, stop right there. Why is that? People don't understand that. Okay, we got $1 trillion, which is available money, according to the article that said. They're going to double that and print money to $2 million. How does that calculate at the grocery store that a dollar bottle of Tabasco sauce, which is like silver to us here in Caritas, <laughs> it, that's going to come to $2? Because it doesn't. You go down today and it's not $2 today. Explain how that's going to work. Well, how it's going to work is all these things that they're they're using to trick the prices of things are they're just going to the reality is going to come. The dollar is just not going to purchase anything. It'll collapse. It's waiting for one domino to fall, and he says they won't all fall at, at once. But I think they could fall in very rapid succession because of how big the bubbles are blown up. And what it means is what the Bible says: a denarius for a quart of wheat, a denarius for three quarts of barley. It'll take a day's wage to eat. If you have to go in and purchase something, but I'm looking for the mechanics of, of how that one dollar bottle turns into a two dollar price tag. Because the because the the money supply has been doubled, and whatever the goods are, they're finite, and the money is infinite. So the money will be created into infinity until these bubbles pop, and then there's there's a collapse. Yeah, well, um, let, me, let me make that even more simple, simplified. In other words. <clears throat> What's worth is what's worth. The same production of labor, the same glass that goes in the jar, the same top peppers that goes in the Tabasco sauce bottle. It's the same. When you double your money supply, you just have this inflationary factor that comes into it that basically doubles your money. You double money supply, you double the price. It's all going to go up. You see it going up now. And it's really because the money supply has been increased. So I, I wanted to make sure that was clear in people's mind, unless you want to elaborate even more on that. Well, there there is more to that because there's other games being played in in other markets that um, are staving off you know inflation for now in what's going to cause hyperinflation. And uh, last week we had MF Global um, use clients' money to uh, pay for their bad um, debts on uh, Greek debt, and um, this was a huge scandal that I thought. Could be a it could be a domino that could start falling because there's a lot of people right now. There's a lot of brokers that their accounts are frozen. Um, they can't get their money. They didn't do anything wrong. They may be hedging and and you know with MF Global because they they you know they're going to bring corn to the market and they're using this to hedge. And now their accounts frozen. They can't get it. And so now MF Global is considering letting them have sixty percent of their money. So. Um, you know, this is scandalous that, you know, the burden keeps being pushed to the middle class. They don't care how um, scandalous it is that, you know, some, you know, Wall Street guy that, um, you know, took over MF Global, uh, who was, you know, exposed himself to risk and exposed his client's money to risk. You know, he's not going to jail. And so I could just see this news getting out. Hey, you know. I had 200000 with MF Global. I can't get a penny. I might lose everything I have and causing a panic out of the paper market. Something like this 
will cause that first domino to fall or that first bubble to bust. I think and it's I, important to bring, interject the point, too. If it's 60 percent, that's 60 cents on the dollar. So it's $10 you're owed of your money you've got invested. It's owed to you, you only get six bucks. Uh, out of a thousand, that's six hundred. Out of out of a million, that's six hundred thousand. Out of a million, you lose four hundred thousand dollars. So wherever that is, and some of this is is public funds, right? These are client funds. That's right. This, okay. is, this so, is the public's money. What I want to say about this is is the fact that that because it's built on paper, it's not there. Just like when you buy silver and keep it on paper that's the physical silver doesn't exist and we've said it before but we want this drilled into you that 550 million ounces per day are traded of silver only two million are mined one million of those goes basically into industry and one million is traded or bought physically that's what the miraculous measure around comes out of that million ounces a day we take that portion out of that that Frank has with the mint and exchange your dollars for exchange that you're not buying anything. You're exchanging your dollars, which really are, the value of them are is going to be fit half and half if we double the the uh, printing of the money, quantitatively, uh, quantitatively easing. We do that. We've we've cut that in half, and so. It, the exchange and the purpose in getting the silver is because that's what God made, and it's the way to store your labor, just like you store a can of beans or you store anything else. You're putting that in reserve. You're not hoarding it. The purpose is not for that. The purpose is to use that because you got to put it somewhere. It's either in the banking account, saving account, stock investments, someplace. You'll put it someplace if you have any extra that you you don't have to just pay your bills, or if you're in debt, it takes it, steals it from you through interest. But you put it in something. And put in the something that God made. And then when you put in something that God made, you bring also the dual purpose of conversion with it. So this this uh, bankruptcy Frank's talking about is is already coming up what we see in silver. When they call back, and this paper falls, all this silver, there's two markets, the physical and the paper. It's false. Don't dare buy that and don't dare buy secular silver. I mean, even physical. You buy it with a, a seeking God's kingdom first for some good to come out of it. I wanted to find that over and over and over so that people can't say we're doing something uh, out of the realm of the messages. This is a complete harmony with it. I have no problem with it. People have done it in peace because they've known they've gone God's way, living according to his way and what he made. The Bible's full of quotes about silver and not always negative. It's the love of it that's a problem. Not having it is a problem, Frank. Yeah, I can only tell you, uh, you know, how wrong the prices of silver is, is because that's my um, area of expertise, and that's the market that I've studied. But two ways you can look at it. Logically, if there was 10 billion ounces in 1950 in world-known inventories, now there's half a billion, there's 20 times less. If the world population has quadrupled since then, then if the, if the supply didn't go to 40 billion, then the price should have went up dramatically. But if it, if it went, you know, down a fraction, then the price should be 20 times. Inflation adjusted, adjusted for population, and then say, was the price even right in 1950 because it was demonetized back in 1873? The Federal Reserve came in 1913. You know, it is, it's mind-boggling. And then, you know, we said one time on the show that if gold, uh, back to dollar now, it would be $45,000 an ounce. 
So that tells you how much gold is overvalued in terms of the dollar, but how much is silver undervalued in terms of gold? 50 to 1? You know, I think in the book, maybe the ratio of how all the silver that's mined and all the gold that's mined is 8.5 to 1. Maybe almost 7 billion, 6.7 billion ounces of gold and 50 billion ounces of silver. But we know that most of that silver, or a lot of that silver has been consumed in industry, logically, because of the wrong price. It's unnaturally consumed. And and, so and, maybe, and disappears. So, yeah, so maybe, you know, if, if the price goes up extraordinarily, we could have four times as much silver as gold. So what's 50 to 1? And if, if you know, gold is, is overvalued, you know, 40 times in, in terms of the dollar, whatever it is, and silver's, you know, You're 10 times it. undervalued to gold, the prices aren't real. It's just, you know, money manipulation, paper games, and uh, I can tell you, retail markets are slow right now. All the retailers that, that follow and understand these things that have been in this business for decades say this happens before an explosive move. Even the people that, that are buying physical metals don't know what to do. They're, they're looking at a paper price, and, they, and you know this is why the paper price is manipulated, because people just buy things whether it's going up or down. And um, so... You know, we have this, uh, J.P. Morgan was ruled that their position was illegal. Position limits have been ruled. They're actually uh, covering their bets that it's going down and adding bets, you know, to the other side. They're getting off. They're handing these over to manage money that has a more greater short position, or they're betting the price is going down more than ever before. The, the They're the ones suppressing the market now because they're tricked into technically thinking that it's going to go down. And, uh, well, if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't. So, Frank, how did they get a hold of you? Okay, you can call us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can also email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And you can uh, get general information on our website at globalsilverinvestors.com. And the number, again, is 877-936-7686. And I have a friend that coming from school days who's way up in, uh, his whole career has been in banking, way up in the banks. He's in a big bank. And uh, he said he raised parts of the book. And he said in reading it that he understands it. And that's one thing I thought we might have trouble with, the bankers. But they get it. What's written it ain't going to happen. They say this is dead on. And he says, how do I get the silver? So when you have the bankers calling, and I don't mean a teller or somebody just in a bank manager. I'm talking about meeting with the CEO or meet, meeting in the boardroom of nationwide banks. What does that tell you? And why are they calling here? Because we have no vested interest other than your interest. That's the purpose of this, to get you into a spiritual life where you can live God's Ten Commandments. And where you can have grain bins, be they small or large, for whatever type of grand life you're living. And that doesn't mean you have to quit being your occupation or your doctor or whatever you may be, a surgeon, who, what you do. But we've got to be connected closer to what God deemed for us and not be dependent on man to give to us who's basically living in the lie of the culture that he's going to be able to support us. Build your own system. Not 
dependent on man, but independent of man, independent of man, and dependent on God. Let him bring the rain for your crops or your food, not the truck at the grocery store. That's passing. That's falling apart. Our Lady's words, unquote. All right, we're out of time. Don't feel bad about Colin Frank if you're not wanting to even make any kind of exchange of your funds now to silver. Just, if you got questions, call him. Uh, he'll be glad to discuss that with you. A lot of people that did that went on feeling very much at peace and very strengthened in their, in their decision and very, very happy that they made the decision. We're coming to uh, the fulfillment of what our lady says. Although she said January 8th, 1986, or rather 1987, she said, now has come a time when what our Lord wanted is fulfilled. I remember reading that message and was shocked. That, Uh-oh, Major Gore is about to be over. But see, our lady's not seeing this in decades of time. She's seeing it when this is over. It's all past. A headache that you had two years ago, are you hurting from it now? No. You have the memory of it, but it don't bother you now. And so the time that we pass through all this time that we're going through now is going to go just like that. It'll be on us and it'll be at the end. So you need to act now. You need to look at the messages because the time is coming when our Lord, what he wanted through these apparitions, are going to be fulfilled. And so we'll talk to you next Thursday. We look forward to that and whatever may happen between now and then. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.